Hello and welcome back to another episode of Keeping It PC. This is season two, episode five. I'm Patrick and I'm joined by my co-host today, Cole and Liam. How are you guys doing? Doing real good today, man. Uh, been working pretty hard on some football content for the podcast. Maybe not today because we're going to get into more basketball today. But I've been working hard on some draft content for future episodes after the Super Bowl. So we still have some football to talk about. Other than that, just been chilling, you know, just living my life. Living the dream. How about you, LT? Can't, no complaints from here, you know, living the dream. Absolutely. <laughs> no complaints out of me. All right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to get into, um, after the Super Bowl, we'll still talk a lot of basketball, draft season, obviously, for the NFL. Uh, baseball's coming up. But we start today with Kyrie Irving. Dealt to the Dallas Mavericks. The KD Kyrie era in Brooklyn is officially over. Guys, can you give me a guess about how many games they played together in the four seasons they've been in Brooklyn? Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Has it been four seasons? Mm-hmm. This is the I, fourth season. Yeah, wow. Well, okay, so 82 games, so that'd be what? Uh, 248 games possible? Probably, I would assume that they played at least like 175. I'm gonna say 125. 74 games. Oh my god, they played together. Now, there's no way, (laughs) not even a complete NBA season. When these two got together and went to Brooklyn, the amount of hype that was around this team, especially after they got hardened, which we'll talk about in a minute. The amount of hype around this team was unbelievable, and they did absolutely nothing. They won one playoff series. Brooklyn deals Kyrie Irving to the Mavericks. Here is the trade. Brooklyn gets Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2027 second-round pick, a 2029 first and second-round pick, while the Mavericks get Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. We'll start with this. Who do you guys think won the trade and why? That's that's honestly tough. Um, for, first, first, I want to say I must be, I, I I haven't been watching basketball as much as I used to, but I I thought they were playing like at least half the seasons together. Like I thought it was for sure at least a season or two. Like not not. I mean, hit a hundred. That's the crazy. problem with Kyrie. Not even a full season of basketball out of like seventy four games. I, the problem with Kyrie is there's so much baggage with this guy whether it's i mean injuries you're not you're not gonna blame a guy for getting injured all right but i mean he sat out a good portion of the season um during like the george floyd black lives matter black lives matter protest then he sat out for the vaccine then he sat out for i mean he just his head has never been with basketball his number one priority has never been to play for the Brooklyn Nets, and no one can tell me otherwise. The amount of the amount of excuses this man makes, and I mean, this season, I thought he would hunker down. This is his contract season. He's looking for a max deal, which I think is ridiculous. I don't know who's telling him he's going to get a max deal. Lakers look the way he's. I, I just don't. I mean, why would anybody give him a max deal? The way he play, the way he at, treats your franchise, he treats the franchise he plays for like fucking dirt. I mean, he did it with the Celtics. He did it with the fucking Nets. I mean, we'll see what happens at Dallas, but I mean, patterns tend to repeat themselves. 
I, I, I think, I think the fit for the team in Dallas is good, and I, but it's hard for me to say that they won the trade when I, I highly doubt that this makes them. Maybe they're favorites in the West now, and that I'm even skeptical about because there's so many good teams in the West. Not even like, you know, there's just so many outcomes that could happen in the West. Like if the Lakers fig- figure it out, I think they're probably better. If the Warriors start playing better, they're probably better. The, uh, it's hard for me to say that they're better than like the Nuggets. I mean, or... the Nuggets The Nuggets are really good right now, 37 and, and 17. I mean, the Grizzlies, even though we all hate the Grizzlies on the, this podcast, um, this is a known anti-Grizzlies podcast. They're 32 and 21. I mean, the fucking Kings, you know, like the beam, baby. They're 30 and 23. Like sitting in, I don't even, I don't even remember the last time the Kings were even close to like the, even in the playoffs. <laughs> they, yeah. They, no, this is weird, man. I, I don't like, they're the third they the seed in the West right in the now. NBA. They, they didn't make the yeah. playoffs last year, right? I'm not, I'm not. No, they haven't made it in forever. No, it's been I don't years. Know. They have the longest drought really, in the NBA playoffs. I can't. I Damn. can't even. I cannot remember the last time the the Kings were really in serious contention for a playoff spot. Uh, the Mavericks are sitting at twenty nine and twenty six right now. I mean, Luka Doncic has been just f- carrying the fuck out of this team. They finally get the guy some help. Um, yeah. Can I say something about that trade? Can I say what, something? What about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to blame Kyrie, whatever. This is not what I'm arguing, but if you're Kevin Durant and you make that decision to sign with the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving, they were a package deal, basically. Well, they were a package deal and he was his number one guy, obviously with the Nets. They were the one, two, they're supposed to be in the NBA finals, at least, at least one championship. I think most people thought were going to happen with this team. Both of them signing a max contract. Um, and for it to end like this, I just feel like it tarnishes Kevin Durant's legacy, Kyrie's legacy, but it's just a sad way for that team to end in Brooklyn. And uh, yeah, that's basically all I have to say about that. The Mavericks did are definitely a better team after that trade because uh, they really needed somebody for Luka, but it's just a really sad ending in Brooklyn. The Mavs defense is going to absolutely suck, though. Like, they're already bad defensively, and they're just going to get even worse. Um, losing Dorian yeah, I mean, Smith is not a help. Kyrie and Luke yeah. aren't, aren't really playing defense. But, you know, offensively, it's good because they'll have someone to take the load off of Luka when he goes, when he's on the court and when he goes to the bench. Because they really. And that's have, how you win games. You, you yeah. got to score. Their offense is dead last in the league when Luka's off the floor, and they're 0 7 without him. So now, at least, I feel like if Luca misses a game or when he's off the court, their their offense is going to completely suck, like it has. But it's hard for me to say that they won the trade because I don't feel like this makes them like favorites in the West, and I don't feel. I feel like. Are you really betting on Kyrie to re-sign with you? Like, well, if I'm the Mavericks, I really don't think he's coming back. For the moment, right now, if we're talking win now, I think the Mavericks have it. But the Mavericks did throw in, I think, two. Two picks, one first, one second. Yeah. Was it was it a first and a second? Two two, yeah. two seconds and a first. Okay, so man, that's a good. I, that's I a, know, it's man. they got the picks in return, but if you're a win now team like the Mavericks and you need somebody to score when Luke is not on the court, that's exactly who Kyrie Irving is. You know, he's that guy to take the relief off. He did that for LeBron. He was supposed to do that for Kevin Durant, 
But let's see if he can do it with Luka in Dallas. It's going to be really interesting to see. The more I think I about mean, I- draft picks in the NBA, it's like, did, does it even matter? Like th- their pick is not gonna their pick is gonna be like the twenty third pick or something, or if they win the finals. You see some right. gems all over the draft in the NBA. Yeah, but it, to me, I mean, if I'm to me, it's not a big deal I'm to the, lose a, a, like a late first and two seconds. You know, when you're getting Kyrie. If, I, if I'm the Magic, I mean, if, well, I'm the magic if I'm the Mavericks, I don't. I'm not worried about the picks because I plan on being good. With Luka Doncic, I don't like you're not you're not planning on right. tanking right. for the first pick. Um, but the thing is, with with, I mean, no one can deny Kyrie's talent. It's just, does he stay on the court when he's on the court and when he's playing? He's so amazing to watch. Like I love yeah. the guy play basketball. <laughs> like I just wish he was a little easier to deal with as a player. I mean, let let's go back to the Nets for a second because I was I was talking about this with you guys pre uh, pre show. That James Harden trade, when they traded uh, Jared Allen and, and Karis LeVert and they, they hauled them off, and I think it was like a, what, a three-way, three-way deal with the Cavs and the Pacers? Or uh, four-way deal yeah, with the Cavs and the Pacers? Because didn't, I think it was with the Cavs and the Pacers because the Cavs got, or the Pacers. The Cavs got Jared, the Cavs got Jared Allen, and the pa- right. I think the Pacers got Karis LeVert. Yeah, but, yeah um, that's how it went down. But but Karis, anyway, anyway. ended up in Cleveland anyway. But. Anyway, so, it's, so it was Kyrie... Katie and Harden, who I think played a total of 14 games together. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but when that was when that was constructed, when that was constructed, that was like this is the most talented big three ever put yeah. together. Yeah. These three guys individually could carry a team to, you know, a conference finals appearance together. Just imagine the wreck they're gonna put on the league. I think that trade was at the time to- at the time I thought it was unnecessary. And and now I think it really has kind of put the Nets in a tough position here. Because imagine you have Ben Ben Simmons is is really not what the the Nets need right now. So I mean you have Harden with for that limited amount of time and then you trade him to Philly for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is is I'm sorry, but he's washed. He was good. He was a great defender. He was a great passer, all this. I don't know what's wrong with the guy if it's mental or something. I, I he's just not the player he, he once was not even close, but you have, I mean, that trade, I think kind of handicapped the franchise. Well, if you have people, somebody like Jared Allen and Karis LeVert with Katie and Kyrie, that team is deep. That team is, I mean, Katie goes down for some reason. You have Karis LeVert and Jared Allen who are, who've gotten better. I mean, Jared Allen's gotten better in Cleveland. I, these guys were on a trajectory. I think if you don't make that trade, and you can say, well, if if KD's foot was two feet shorter, then they beat Milwaukee. They def- they definitely beat the Hawks, and they're in the finals. Yeah, you can play that game. But I mean, if you have a team, I think they have a better they had a better chance of winning with Karis LeVert and Jared Allen than when they traded for James James Harden, as it turned out to be. Yeah, I agree with that. To be honest, like the result of getting James Harden was just trading him for Ben Simmons, and now look what you got out of that trade. So realistically, you just got Ben Simmons out of all that. Is that even is that worth exactly. it? Exactly. No, it's not. I, I want to hear you guys' take on this. If I'm the Nets, I'm trying to get rid of Ben Simmons like so fast. I do not want him on the team anymore. I would well, legitimately, who wants this? but I would who wants the guy? So this is what I would do. I would legitimately go to a team and say, I will give you Ben Simmons and a first round pick. Literally give me back 
an end of the bench player or a, or a second round pick. I would be willing to give up a first round pick to get rid of Vincent. I I think that's a bit strong. I don't know yeah. if I'm willing. I mean, I, mean, I really would. When I really you look would. at Ben like, Simmons, he's been out of the, the league. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So when Ben Simmons was first in the league, obviously he was rookie of the year, playing great basketball. I think he was like a 16 points per game kind of guy. Gave you eight rebounds, you know, seven assists, something like that. Um, after that injury and the little mental thing that happened to him in Philadelphia, he uh, he's obviously never the same after that. You see it in Brooklyn. And I'm not sure if a team really wants to go after somebody like Ben Simmons. I'm not sure what the asking price would actually be for the trade deadline if they want to get rid of him right now. But... I don't know if I would give up a first round pick with Ben Simmons, but obviously dealing him, I guess that would have to be the uh, the option if you're the Nets, because he just doesn't belong on that team. He never fit with them. He was never that guy that they needed. It's uh, they're in a really I mean, tough situation. That, yeah, that trade with the 76ers, I didn't, I didn't like at the time. I thought, I mean, who did they give up on that one? This this guy is just damaged goods. I mean, Ben Simmons is just damaged goods. No one, no one wants him. I think trading, packaging him with a first-round pick is, I mean, I think any team would be stupid to decline that. I think Sean Marks and the Nets would be stupid to even offer that, to be yeah, honest. I, I mean, he's it. he's not helping the team, but actively giving up a first-round pick is hurting the team, no matter how how you view draft picks. Well, I think this deal with the Mavericks for Kyrie, I think I like what Sean Marks did because everyone knows Kyrie wants to go to the, to the Lakers. I mean, this was this was common knowledge. He wants to go partner up with LeBron, and the and and the Nets without any leverage because Kyrie publicly demanded a trade. They 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 didn't send them. Oh, just go to LA. We'll we'll take Westbrook and we'll just kind of like do whatever. They sent him. I mean, not that he hates going to the Mavericks per se, but they sent him to a place he didn't prefer to go to. And I think they got a relatively a relatively good haul. I mean, you're never going to get like that kind of talent back. You're not going to get a star point guard for Kyrie Irving. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to equal that kind of talent. But I mean, I think Sean Marks and the Nets did a good job with this trade personally. And I'm not going to say they won the trade because they're giving up Kyrie Irving, who, when he's on the court, as I said, is an amazing talent. But I don't think you could call them losers either. So the reason why I said trading. Simmons with a first for like a second round pick. Right now, the Nets would have, I believe, if my math is correct, they would have the 24th pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. You're not any team that has over 20. The realistically, there's there's four teams you trade Simmons to. The only four teams I've really taken: the Hornets, Pistons, Spurs, or Rockets. You're moving back from 24 to 31 to 34. I don't think now. If you're giving up a first-round pick and it's going to be a lottery pick, then I'm not doing it. But if I'm giving up a late 20s pick to move back to 33 or 32 or 31, I don't think that's the biggest deal in the world to get Simmons off the team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up a first for, like, you know, if, if, you, if let's say, the, the Nuggets call and the Nuggets want Simmons. I wouldn't give up a first move back to the end of the second round. But if I'm getting one of the top four picks in the second round, I'd strongly consider it. 
Because this is a guy that won't take an open layup. I mean, he won't even take an open layup. He's passing open layups. That hurts your team I mean, I, a lot. I mean, I agree. But I think that first-round pick could be better spent somewhere else. Trading to, I mean, giving a first-round pick in a deal for like Pascal Siakam. Something that's for actually sure. well, helping uh, of the course. team it, get if better. You can't, if you can't get... This is a, I'm speaking as if you're not going to bring in a Pascal Siakam or bring in whoever the hell is on the market. Because to be okay. honest, I don't even know who the hell is on the market for these teams to trade for. I felt like Kyrie was the only guy really on the market, and everyone else is kind of... I guess Siakam is, and basically the entire Raptors team is on the market. But well, just wait till, wait till KD gets traded to the Celtics for, J- for Jalen Brown. I mean, it's happening. <laughs> you know, dude, you know what? That's... <laughs> I, what do you guys feel about that trade? What, what what are your honest thoughts on that trade? No, that's my thoughts. No, um, I mean, if I'm the Celtics, I'm I'm doing it. Uh, I don't know, man. I really don't. I would just uh, wouldn't. I, I wouldn't make that change for either team. I just don't see how that's necessary. I feel like they already fit for their team. I think that's actually a better I, trade for the Nets and the Celtics. I I disagree. I disagree entirely. I think if you're gonna trade, I mean, KD. Jalen Brown's a, gr- a good, a good player, right? Even great player, you can say. I mean, KD makes that team. I mean, if you're saying give up, give the Nets Jalen Brown, uh, fucking Peyton Pritchard and a couple picks or whatever. Maybe I don't know what else they'd have to throw in there, but I mean, if you're getting KD pairing in with Jason Tatum, Rob Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, that team's going to be stacked. I think they have a better chance of winning the finals with KD than Jalen Brown. No offense. And if you have that system, and Jalen Brown wants to be a number one anyway. And he, he's going to leave. And I, think, and I think if you have, I think KD would, would consider, because Liam, you mentioned it damaged his legacy. I don't know if it damaged his legacy. I think, it. Does, I mean, obviously, this whole Brooklyn situation was supposed to kind of, you know, enshrine him um, as like this, Top easily top ten player when he wins a couple more championships oh, yeah. with Kyrie. That didn't happen. So now, I mean, he desperately. KD has very, very, very good years left, uh, yeah. where he's a oh, top he 30, player. He's 33? 34. Yeah. thirty three, thirty four. So, but KD, and, KD and might I, be a guy. KD might be a guy that plays till he's fucking forty five. I mean, think about it. He he's not married. He has no kids. Like all he knows is hoops. He's just a hooper. He might hoop till he's fifty. But I mean, bottom line, he he needs for him. I think he needs another championship or two. And I think going to Boston, if they're going to resign him, I think that's a great, that's a really well won organization. It's de- it's deep. Yeah, they're going to have Tatum there for a long time. I think that's a that's a. If I'm the Celtics, I'm not even thinking twice. I'm, I I would do that really? in a heartbeat. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I, I would definitely think twice about it. I I might end up doing it, but I don't think. Are they the favorites now to win the championship? I feel like they should be. The Celtics? Yeah. Uh, right? I mean, they, they got to be, right? I guess. I, I, think, Milwaukee. I, think, I think they're the, probably the best, the best team in the league right now. So I like, agree. Do, yeah. like, want, do I just keep, when you I want just keep ex- my young core together and let them I, grow? I, to me, I, that's what I, I don't know. I, I'm, I mean, how, I'm much, how much more growing? How much more growing is there going to have to be? I mean, how long have they had this core? They've had this core for a good four or five years now. Well, that's why I, I almost, mean, you, that's why I almost think you just let this season play out, and if it doesn't work again, then you make that trade. But th- in the middle of this season, when you're, I mean, Katie's going to be a free agent, and then then he's hitting a, the open market. If you can get him and then lock him down, and you have him for the next 
four years or whatever the, the, the contract he's going to sign, then I think that's better than, okay, then running this running this one out with with Jalen Brown. And they, hey, I'm not saying the Celtics can't win a championship. I mean, they were two games away from winning one last year. But um, I think your team gets substantially better with KD in there in, instead of Jalen Brown. That's my opinion. I think if they're really, I mean, these are prime Jason Tatum years. Uh, you, you have you have uh, Brogdon, who I think was a great pickup. Rob Williams, That's a Al good Horford. Team, what, it's a great team, right? You add KD there, and I think they're bona fide. They should be bona fide, bona fide favorites to win the championship. So is so KD is is KD a free agent after this year? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd like to see. I really want to see how this year plays out for the Celtics, but if you're not. If you're not sure you can sign Katie in free agency, then it's like you might just have to make that trade now. That's really interesting, man. I don't. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If I was the GM and and the Nets came to me and they said we want Jalen Brown, uh, Pritchard, another player, you know, not really of too much significance, and you know, a couple picks. I'm. I think I'm doing that. I mean, this is. They were in the finals last year. This is their. This is the time where the Celtics need to win a championship including last year i think this is where they really need to push for and i think trading for even though i don't know if that's going to happen i don't know the likelihood of that even them even talking but i think if that's on the table i think i'm taking that it's hard it's hard to say no to that i would have to keep jalen brown on the celtics if i'm the celtics gm they were so close last year i feel like they have to let them they have to have at least another year before you're thinking about trading people for other pieces. I mean, you say, let me look at Jalen Brown's contract. Signed a four-year deal in, let me see here. Yeah, he's, an unrestricted, he's, an unre- he's an unrestricted free agent in 2024. And in Gotta my opinion, he, he is, he is going to go get a bag because he's wanted to be a number one for a long, long time. And he's not going to be a number one on that team. So, I mean, would you rather have now? I'm not saying Jalen Brown would leave. I think there's definitely a possibility of someone fucking opening the books for him to get him a shit ton to be oh, the number one guy. Possibility. That's probably what's like, going to happen. That's a likelihood. I think, I think it's, so unlikely I'd rather have Kate. I think it's unlikely for, um, for Jalen Brown to stay with the Celtics after his contract's up. He's definitely exactly. going so you got, Okay, so you got this year and one more year. Would you rather have Jalen Brown for two more years and you say, you know, keep the core, but he's gone in two years. I think he's leaving. <sighs> or, I, or I have KD for, th- for four years. It's a tough, I don't know. It's a re- that's really a gamble because there's a lot of ifs in that scenario. Like, it's tough. I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, tough know, Pat, I, I think it would be, I think it would be, I think considering KD is a free agent after this year, you might just have to pull the trigger on that. I, I do think I'm for, for Jalen Brown, I'm pulling the trigger, trigger, baby. I think for Jalen Brown, it's a mistake to want to be a number one because I don't think he's good enough to be a number one and actually win meaningful games. Um, I think th- this yeah, I mean, is the role he's perfect. In I think he's he's capable right here. Uh, that's a yeah. I mean, I mean you could. I guess you could I guess, argue. I guess if you're the Celtics, you have to take that. Jalen, if if you have the chance to get KD, you do you do have to take. It. I'm taking I'm taking that I'm taking that. I if you're only if you're I don't only if you're positive he resigns though. 
That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of ifs in that scenario. But then again, I, I, I know, but like, you know, I about, mean, you do bring up a good point. Like Jalen Brown might want to leave anyway. So it's like, does it even matter? Yeah. And I, I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a big might. I think that it's, it's a, I think it's a probability if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was a betting man, I would put money on Jalen Brown leaving in free agency in 2024 when he's an unrestricted free agent. I mean, do the, do the Celtics have Jason Tatum? Like what's his contract? Did they, did they just resign him or something? Or is he Tatum? Yeah. Tatum's on for at least four years, I think. Yeah. Hard to see Tatum leaving anyway. I don't, I I mean, I don't see Tatum leaving, but I'm saying like you already paid Tatum. You're going to, now you're going to pay. I mean, I'd give, I'd rather give a kind of, you know, a max contract to KD than, than Jalen Brown. So he Tatum signed wow, that's just, tough. just before just before the 21-22 season. Mm-hmm. Tatum signed a five yep. year, hundred sixty three million dollar contract. So yeah, he's locked up. He's locked up. Uh, that is interesting, man. KD to the to the Celtics. I kind of I kind of like it. You, you've talked KD, me into it, Pat. You've talked me into it. You've talked me into it. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Cole. You KD. I'm telling you. Uh, I mean, when's the deadline? It's Thursday, right? At Thursday, three? I believe. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. So I, I mean I don't think this is gonna happen. I think we would have heard some rumblings at this point. I mean, it, um, it's all dependent on if but, on if Katie wants to leave too. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's so funny. Like you, you look on on Instagram and it's like Kyrie's the biggest capper of all time because he's he's in the Celtics and he's or he's like, uh, he, when he was in Boston, he was like, yeah, if you guys will have me, I'll come back and I'll and I'll and I'll resign here. And then he left. Um, and then he's like quoted as saying. I'll never leave my guy seven anywhere. And then he just left. <laughs> so it's like, your question it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I would never leave my, my guy seven anywhere. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Except I'm out of here. Bye. How you doing? So let's, okay. Let's, I think it's, I think it's about... interesting. Hold on. For, uh, I think it's interesting. Katie, the Nets now, because if they win a championship now, how different is Katie looked at? I mean, what do you think? What do you think? Realistically, are they, are they still contenders for you right now? In the I, guess, I, I want to see them with KD before I say that they are. This team yeah, well, without KD is not, but obviously. But I want to see them with KD back at full strength. Maybe they still are. Because who's – is there a team that's like that much better overall? Like I feel like they're a decently deep team. I have another interesting that's, point here. Yeah. Uh, so – when you look at Kevin Durant his entire career, you realize that he's never he's never been the number one. He's never been a one guy who's never had a like a Russell Westbrook or even like a Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry. He's always had a second option always. And I feel like with this Brooklyn Nets team now, he's the number one guy and there isn't a second guy that's like even on the level on Kevin Durant on the Brooklyn Nets. And it's going to be really interesting to see how he can lead a team like that. I think there's a couple. I think this team, though, the difference is. So he always had he always had a second guy, and obviously I'm talking outside of the Warriors because that was like a juggernaut team. They had but yeah, in, they had in, starting five of all stars. Right in OKC and in Brooklyn, he's had a second option, but then the team's not as deep. If they keep Dinwiddie, I think this team is. Fairly deep, and Dinwiddie's a good player. Cam Thomas is playing really well right now. As much as I've been joking about him being 
next Austin Rivers in our group chat. <laughs> but um, no, he, he's 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 playing really good basketball right now. Two back to back forty point games. I'm watching the game right now. We just hit a tough fadeaway. Like he seems to be a pretty good scorer. If he can somewhat fill, and obviously he's not as good as Kyrie, but if he can somewhat fill that scoring void of Kyrie along with Dinwiddie, are they just as good as they were with Kyrie? Maybe. I wouldn't go that far, but I think they can definitely be a problem in the East. I think so too, because I, I feel like Boston and Milwaukee are the favorites, but I don't feel like they're unbeatable teams. Like we've seen in, so in years past, we had favorites like the Warriors and Cavs. They felt like no one was going to beat them. I don't have that same feeling about really any team in the league. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if the Nets were the sixth seed and made the finals. Whereas the Cavs with LeBron and, and Kyrie, like, if a six seed beat them, I'd be like, oh my God, like, that's a shocking upset. Or the Warriors with KD, if, this, if a six seed beat them, like, if the Jazz beat them one year, I'd be like, that's a shocking upset. It's impossible. Right now, I'd, I don't feel like there's a team like that. So I do think there's still a chance that, the, that KD with this Nets team, if they play their best basketball, and that's important on, you know, Cam Thomas and Dinwiddie filling the role that Kyrie played, it's very dependent on that. But if they can somewhat fill the role Kyrie played, I think they're pretty much just as good. Not, not as good, but pretty much close to. Yeah, we'll I mean, have listen, to wait the and best... see. Yeah. I mean, Cam's got the 27 of... right now <laughs> in the third <clears throat> quarter. So he's well on his way to, another, to his third straight 40-point game. The, the best ability is availability. And when you play every day and contribute meaningful minutes and meaningful buckets to your team, unlike Kyrie Irving, then you have, I think, I, I don't know if they'll ever be as good if, if Kyrie, Katie, full strength, like that team. But I agree. Cam Thomas is really saying Kyrie, I mean, who gives a fuck about Kyrie? Look at me. That's, that's what he's saying right now. Um, he is absolutely fucking like balling right now. So, I mean, that's pretty exciting if you're a Nets fan. But we'll move on to um, Le, 38,352 points as he closes in on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. How big do you guys think uh, him becoming the all-time leading scorer is? So, obviously, his, you know, his legacy or whatever you want to say. Obviously, he's the GOAT already. Um Legoat James. My king. My glorious, precious king. Um, <laughs> la, la greatest scorer of all time. La breaking Kareem's record. I saw somebody say, um, la put the most balls in the most baskets or something. <laughs> I, think, it's just... I think the more impressive record is that he already is the all-time leading scorer because he passed Kareem in total points postseason and regular season i believe last year he passed him yeah um so technically he already is the all-time leading scorer but in the regular season he's about to pass kareem and i think that is pretty i don't know how big of a deal it is because we kind of already know he's yeah is there even an argument it kind of does nothing for me right because he's gonna i mean He's going to smash yeah. the record, by the way. Like, he's going to play another th- at least four years, right? I mean, he's going to destroy the record. At least another two or three years, right? Because Bronny 
is is he gonna is they get what is he going into college now right so I believe next year yeah, um yeah he's a senior yeah, play, in high school this year yeah i'll play a couple more years but i mean for me it's not really i you know you can we could talk about the goat debate for hours we could be here for hours talking about jordan lebron but i mean that that whole debate's been done to death yeah. everyone has their picks i mean for me lebron is the greatest player i've ever seen like that 2018 when i i remember watching that 2018 run with that garbage cavs team he was a superhero yeah. He was an absolute fucking superhuman dragging that team to the finals. That f- game one, when he, I think he dropped 51 points, uh, the whole J.R. Smith doesn't know the score game. Um, that was like, this man is just on another level of playing this fucking game. Like, and you can talk about shortcomings all you want, the fucking whatever, free throws, he's lost fucking seven finals, whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, watching this guy, I mean, Watching this guy play basketball is just is is awesome. I think he, he still looks fucking great. Yeah. He still looks really fucking good. Yeah. And so, you know, he's fucking 38. He's just a kid from Akron. So, I mean, I don't know. It's this doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I know people I mean, it does do a whole. It's a lot. It's a big deal, right? It's a big thing. But I mean, you know, he's not a, a score first guy. And this is kind of just a result of him being consistently on the court, avoiding serious injuries, um, having consistently great seasons. I mean, this was just bound to happen eventually. So, I mean, and I saw some ridiculous fucking thing. Like, he's, okay, here's what's going to happen. I read the script. LeBron's going to break the record against the Bucks on a skyhook and then change his name to Abdul Sharif in honor of Kareem. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. The the goat the goat debate has gotten so tiring that people are just like making up funny things about LeBron and Jordan and I'm I'm so for it because it's such a tired debate and I'm so sick of having it like I never want to talk about who's better LeBron or Jordan again I never want to have yeah. that conversation ever and I just love how people are just trolling and the Jordan fans are starting to pick up on it and they're starting to not get as mad when LeBron fans troll them but. It's kind of hilarious when when it does happen because like, <laughs> I mean the whole my precious oh that my is precious the king shit thing, bro it's so funny I love seeing because when that was first happening all the comments were just going crazy it was the most, it was the funniest thing to watch dude <laughs> oh, my man. precious king what are you talking about my god I, it's I, like dude it, if he does pull out a sky hook though and breaks the record bro I don't care Jordan's the go that's corny that's so corny. <laughs> I mean, I see him practicing it. There's videos of him practicing it. If, if he does I, that, I, if he breaks the record like that, he's corny, bro. I don't care. I don't care. I I, I, I kind of agree with you, Cole. I think it's like, it's your record. Why don't you hit a la fuck you three or something? Yes. Do something that's like, like, do something that's yours. Why are you, I mean, you could, it's nice to pay tribute to a guy who, by the way, Kareem doesn't even like Le- LeBron. Kareem doesn't like <laughs> anybody, bro. I think they don't like each other. Like, it's not like a thing where it's like a passing of the torch thing where they're like, oh my God, Kareem's going to be at the game and they're going to hug each other. It's like, no, it's like, I'm, I don't even think, I, I legit don't think Kareem likes LeBron, like at all. But I mean, it's like, tributes are nice and everything, but it's your record. You're breaking the record. It's about you. It's like, I, I just don't think, I, I agree. It's like a cornball move. It's like, that's, that's an ultimate, like, like. No, you, you know, know what? That would, if, if Kareem's there, that's kind of funny though. It's corny, but it's kind of funny. Imagine he just hits, imagine he hits a skyhook and then flips off Kareem in the front row. 
He well, just fuck hits the skyhook. Skyhook. <laughs> We're calling this the la fuck you skyhook now, Kareem. <laughs> That's funny. Though. I saw I, there's a. I don't think there's a more memeable name than LeBron. Like it's it's so good, man. It's so good. Uh, Great name. Yeah. It was just a there was just a picture of him with pajamas, and they were like la bedtime, la sleepyhead. <laughs> uh, Dude, everything he does, it's it's la, anything he does, it's. If he's in a commercial, look commercial. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Literally, any everything he does is la la Twitter, la tweet. <laughs> yeah. You know, and strive I love for... how. He, yeah, I love how he ends his tweets. Most of them hashtag strive for greatness. Hashtag kid from Akron. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag kid from Akron. Akron. That's the best one. Yeah, like kid we fucking Akron. get it, LeBron. You're from well, you're from Akron. Like, <laughs> you know Just what do you want to do with that information? I, you know, um. Steph and LeBron were born in the same hospital. I feel like everyone knows that now, but I think I still think there's kind of. I did not know that. Really? You didn't? Yeah, they were born in the same hospital. Kind of crazy. That's nuts. Uh, maybe the same doctor pulled him out, you know? <laughs> that doctor's yeah. got magic hands. Yeah. Strive for greatness. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl because um, yeah. it is coming up this weekend. Um, and I got, a, I got a hot take about the Super Bowl. Like, we, we, you know, you can break the, de- the game down all you want, but. Um, I think honestly, I think the Super Bowl is my least favorite football game of the entire year. I think. Do you mean as in I every for, year, like every season, it's your least favorite game? Yeah, I I think for real football fans, Championship Sunday is like the pinnacle of because for me, I mean the 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 fact that they have a halftime like i it's fun it's it, and it, they nfl has created it as an event for non nfl fans i mean it the commercials are fucking 5 minutes long you never get back to the game uh the halftime show the the pacing of the entire thing is weird the starting time is weird like i like my nfl games 1 o'clock 4:25 or 8:25 like that's when i'm used to having it like it, it the whole thing is just not is to me it's not how like a big, the biggest game of the season is supposed to be like it to me, like it's the least enjoyable from a football standpoint. I don't well, know if I'll, you guys feel the same I, way. Uh, the game, it depends, but the event, I can agree with you, but I also understand it's like they have to do that. Like they can't, it's a spectacle more than like an actual game. Like, That's what I'm talking about. That's they, what I'm talking about. Like, well, I guess, like the, yeah, the, champ- the halftime show and all that shit, but, like, the game is still, it's still, like, good football. I don't know. I, I know it's probably No, I mean, the football saying. is good, but, like, have you ever watched, like, like the game? It's, like, they're on commercial for, like, five minutes. Yeah. And it's, like, can we get back to the game? Like, for me, it's, it's like, I don't know. I would and, like, argue I, I sometimes the commercials feel a little bit longer, too, because you're actually, like, somewhat watching them, whereas if you're watching, like, the Giants in week nine, you're just kind of on your phone yeah. and the commercials. So I feel like that's part of it, but they probably are. They probably give the commercial another 30 seconds or maybe a minute. They probably but give anyway, a little anyway. bit more for the timeouts, but I do, I, I, I do agree. The event is kind of drawn out and, you know, whatever. anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited for Riri. Um, yes. I think, Very I think she'll do a good job. Um, but let's, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the game, right? I think this is going to be a great game. Um, if you guys didn't know, um, there's actually a pair of brothers that are playing in this game. Uh, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. I had no idea. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought so. So I thought I'd tell you that because I just found that out like a couple hours ago. 
And I was like, wow, that's like really interesting. I mean, they're two great players and they happen to be brothers playing in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, that's I think insane. The craziest thing about that is that it's never happened before, which is and honestly kind of hard to believe. That's what I thought because I thought like this happened every year. I thought there were brothers in the Super Bowl every year. I, I mean, I didn't think every year, uh, but yeah, like, <laughs> but, but, I thought it had, but it's never happened thought, one time before. What are we on Super Bowl sixty or some shit? Like, is this like? Well, they have, well you got a, the, court. the coaches, uh, the Harbaugh. How do you Harbaugh? I can't say Harbaugh. that name. Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Harbaugh yeah. yeah. They they played yeah, in they the Super Bowl, I believe, but that's the closest we got to brother versus brother. Yes, coach. I mean, they have they had McCourtney, uh, the McCourty twins on the Patriots, but on the same team, um, they're, they're the same team. Right. But I think that's honestly, all jokes aside, that's a cool thing. Uh, I mean, I mean, imagine being their fucking parents. That is just insane. Um, but all right, so let's do. What do you guys want to do? You want to give predictions? I mean, we kind of broke down the game who we thought was going to win. I mean, an episode, it's got to like, be episode, but it's got to be the Eagles' game to lose here, right? Oh, for sure. If the Eagles lose, Eagles I will huge. never let the Eagles fans hear the end of it. I will yeah, never. Yeah, the Eagles are huge favorites in this game. Definitely their because, game to lose. By the way, they should they should blow out the Chiefs, and this is their window to win because their D-line is not getting any younger. Brandon Graham's old. Uh, Fletcher Cox is old and didn't play well this year, really. Javon Hargrave is a free agent who they can't afford to bring back. Jason Kelsey might fucking retire after the game. Uh, <laughs> if they win, he should, honestly. Like uh, he, he probably he might. Who knows? He might, he might just retire after the game. Really and uh, James Bradbury is not coming back. Let's be honest. A lot of their play- players had um, breakout years, and who knows if they'll be able to replicate it. So this, this is their golden, golden opportunity to win because everything has gone right for the Eagles this year. Jalen Hurts broke out. Uh, they had basically no injuries. I mean, Lane Johnson's playing hurt, but he's still playing well. And the rest of that team is so good, it hasn't really mattered. Their defense is every... They have no weakness on defense. This is their year to win. They have to win this game. Like, they, they have... they they. This is their game to lose. This is their golden opportunity to win. They're really good. I gotta get... This is, might be... I don't know if this is a hot take, but this genuinely might be the most complete football team I've ever seen play. Yeah. From the time I've watched football from 20, from let's say I've been watching football since like 2011 to now that I've seen with my own eyes play. This might be the most complete. I mean, there's no hole in the team. There's really not. I mean, I think I I agree. I think it's their game to lose. I think they should be favorites. I think in all honesty, like everything's fair. Um, I, I, I think they should win. But I want to talk. I want to say that I want to say this: if if Patrick Mahomes is this unbelievable Hall of Fame all time great quarterback that everyone's you know he obviously is talent wise, but if his career is going to be this unforgettable thing that people talk about, like with a like a Brady or Montana, like these all time accomplished like great quarterbacks that left their mark on the game by winning multiple Super Bowls and winning multiple MVPs, like. For me, if he if he's this player that I mean everyone's kind of already just destined him to be, I think he has to win this game. I think this is a game he wins where they go in, they're kind of beat up. He he played it through injuries. They get to a Super Bowl where they're not necessarily favored. I think if he's this all time great quarterback, which I I do think 
He is. Not saying he's that top he, five he, already. I'm sorry. He just I'm is. not saying that, that if he loses his game, like he's going to be that he's not going to. I mean, he's he's an all Hall of Famer already. I think he's already a Hall of Famer. But I'm saying like with the Brady's and the and the Mannings of the world, I think to be compared with them, I think he's got to win this game. I disagree. Yeah. Uh, I, I so strongly disagree? disagree. I strongly no. disagree. I think this is a game that only can help his legacy. Now, if he goes out there and plays like shit, then yeah. I but mean, Cole, he, he'd, lose, he'd be losing back-to-back Super Bowls. If he loses he'd be losing 40 to 30. If he loses, if, if the Eagles put up 45 points and Mahomes scores 35, I'm not going to be like, I mean, the Eagles are the better team. He's not supposed to win this. And let's be honest about the Super Bowl he lost. Exactly. Exactly. He's not supposed to win this. So this, is great a, quarter- this is an all-time great quarterback. Brady, he's, not, mm. he's not supposed to win this game, right? So I think if he is going to be this absolute legend of the game, this is a game that he wins. I look at it the opposite way, dude. Brady lost Super Bowls he was supposed to win, and he still looked at it as the GOAT. Brady won some because Super Bowls. Because he won. Okay. What you want to talk about Brady? That's I ridiculous. mean, first of all, Cole, first of all, he has seven fucking Super Bowls. That's why he's looked at the goat. Okay. If he had, okay. If okay. he had one, if he had one, and he lost two games to the fucking, he lost two Super Bowls to the Giants. He would not be considered the goat. He won, he won seven Super Bowls. Okay. okay. So it's, okay. I mean, it's not even comparable. Okay. Okay. That. Bad, ex- bad example then. Uh, Peyton Manning, his last year, got absolutely carried to a Super Bowl. Does that help his legacy at all? It shouldn't. I mean, him retiring on top with his second Super Bowl, I'd say that probably does help his he legacy threw 17 a little. Inter- in the regular season, he played nine games through 17 interceptions. With yeah, but touchdown. you don't look at the regular season. You see him winning and retiring, winning the Super Bowl. A what I saw win is what I saw. A Super Bowl win itself is a help for your legacy. I think that's obvious. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I don't. You are. If you're the quarterback. I, I don't think losing. I don't think losing this game does anything to hurt Mahomes' legacy at all. I don't, I don't think, think. I don't think it. I don't think it necessarily hurts his legacy. I'm not oh, saying that like. I think it's going to lose- damage his legacy. I'm saying too. I'm not saying, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that this couldn't happen down the road or something. But I'm saying if he, if I'm looking at him as like not just talent wise. But like impact, like he he run the he ran the league with his team. Like he he won two Super Bowls in whatever five years or whatever it is. Like he he for me he wins this game. I disagree. I, the, to me, this is the Eagles are the best team I've laid my eyes upon. I've ever seen. Exactly. But not close. Those are the exactly. games. That the so if he loses, if he win. what 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 Super Bowl did Brady win? He wasn't supposed to. Uh, against Atlanta when he was down twenty eight to three, came back and won. Okay, they were favorites before that game, though. I mean, the, they weren't supposed to win the Rams the first Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's that's fair. But I would all, all I would argue in that Brady didn't play as big of an impact on those teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, you could say that. You could say as that. he did. I, I, in, Listen, in I'm not later. saying I'm not saying like what what do you think, Cole? What is the absolute cap you think about Patrick Mahomes? Like at the end of his career, could he if he won, say, you know, he set passing records, he won a couple more MVPs, and he won a couple more Super Bowls, would he be looked at as the greatest quarterback to ever play the game? Um so <laughs> see here's here's where it's gonna get real nasty for you guys. I already think he's the best quarterback to ever play. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. No, but I, you can say that's you can say that skill wise. I'm talking about the a combination of talent, okay. career and accolades. Career, no one's gonna top Brady because it's not possible to top Brady has more Super Bowls himself than any franchise. So that's just not gonna happen. 
But that's what I'm I saying. Think... He needs to. I'm saying if he racks up a couple of like unbelievable, like I think if he beat this Eagles team, that will be remembered as like an all-time moment in he, his career. Weird. Every quarterback, yeah. if you want to be on that level to be the goat, skill-wise or anything, you need to have that career-defining win. And that Patrick Mahomes victory against the 49ers in his first Super Bowl win, obviously that was a great win. He, credit to him, obviously. But that's not the Philadelphia Eagles of this year. If he wins yeah. that game, I think yeah. people are going to put so much okay. more respect on his name and he'll I be on the next level. I, and I agree with that. I agree with that because I'm going to be completely honest. If he wins the Super Bowl, to me, he's the go. I don't care. Greatest career, greatest player, don't care. He's the go. If he wins, and the I Super wouldn't Bowl. even, yeah, you wouldn't be able to argue that. Now, if but I'm okay. saying, if, if I mean, if I mean, okay, hold, on, hold 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 on. Before you go, you wouldn't be able to argue it. I want. I mean, let's okay. The, let me let me clarify. I mean that as in if the, he wins. Arguable. Hold on. Like, let, I'm let me not clarify what say, I'm saying, though. Like, I'm not going to say it's not true. Okay. I get what you're saying. But let me, let me clarify. It's not just about winning the game. He has to play well. Like, if, if, he, if, they, if the Chiefs win 18-13 and Mahomes throws one touchdown and two picks, then obviously not. But if, if he goes out there and puts up 42 points and, and has four touchdowns and 350, like, okay. That, uh, well, Beating that team, team on your back. That's, yeah, I mean that's just like if he does that, then it's then it's real nasty for every other. Because at that point, how can you sit there and argue that a guy like Dan Marino's better or John Elway or hell Peyton no, Manning? I mean, I, you can't. I'm sorry, you just can't. I mean that, that that's the thing with Brady because I mean you retire. He is the goat of the sport. Not necessarily like he has he does he have the the, fucking, the cannon does he have the cannon of a John Elway or the regular season you know the passing of of Manning like what I remember most about Brady is when he threw to his receiver they always seemed to be open like his ability to just read a defense is was his most like his knowledge of the game this guy yeah. was like a fucking statue yeah. and he had a great arm I think an underrated arm but not like a cannon like Marino or Elway or Mahomes but so I think. Yeah. His defining thing is that he just knew how to win, and he had a fantastic coach, and he had a great team. But, I mean, you've seen people with great teams, and, and I'm saying if Mahomes he, – he has a great team. This is a great team. This whole run with Andy Reid since he's become – since he's become – since he's become the quarterback, like the main quarterback those first couple years, and he won a Super Bowl. I, I, I get what you're saying against the Buccaneers. That really wasn't his fault. That line was dreadful, and the Buccaneers' defense was amazing, right? But, I mean, he's still lost. The bottom line is, is he's still lost. Yeah, you can bl- yeah. put blame wherever you want to put it, but he's still lost. I think losing two Super Bowls in a row, it's it's not going to, like, damage. Like, it's going to – I think it will damage. It's like I, – I uh, A little bit, yeah. There'll be a little Depends. bit of an impact there. Okay, but let's let's clarify. If he loses and he throws three picks and doesn't throw t- – yeah. But if – if if the if well, they of lose course, of if course. they lose forty two to thirty five, it's like fuck. Like it's okay, like Brady. Okay, let me tell it's you. like Brady losing to the Eagles. Like that doesn't do anything for me. Brady fucking set the record for for yards in the Super Bowl. Okay, like, I was about to ask you that. Does that how 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 heavy do you weigh that game? Because he threw for five hundred fucking yards. But so here's lost, the thing. Right? It's like that he played. This is why this is why it's hard for me in these conversations because he lost that game, but then he beat the Rams, scoring thirteen points and didn't play well. So, to me, it's more impressive that he played well against the Eagles in that Super Bowl than he 
than his defense holding the Rams to what? What what was it? They hold was it they they had three they had three points. 13 to 3. Yeah, it's like to me him throwing for 500 against that Eagles team that year is more impressive than him winning the Super Bowl the next year. By far. I I I agree, but um the, the bottom line is for me, I think it's if he loses, if Mahomes loses this game, it's not it's going to be like a drop of water. I I don't think it's going to make a huge huge impact on his legacy. Right. But I think if he wins this game, Let's it's a like giant it. swing. It's a yeah. giant swing. Oh, I get that's that. what yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm I saying agree. it's a golden opportunity. I, I, agree. I, I agree with you what you're saying about the Eagles. It's a golden opportunity to win right now because of the aging roster. I think it's a golden opportunity for Mahomes to really cement his legacy on a, against, I'll say it, a much better team than his. If he wins this game, yeah. like I, he's he's already in the upper echelon, but this kind of shoots him into a new stratosphere for me if he wins this game. Yeah, for me, he's, for me, he's top five right now, but if he wins this game, I don't think you can... I don't think I think it would be ridiculous to say he's not a top five quarterback of all time because I still see people put Marino yeah. over him. And to me, that's yeah. already ridiculous. I get it. Like Marino was a great player and I'm not trying to say he's not, but we we glorify these quarterbacks for winning. But then we put a guy like Marino over over Mahomes, who's been to five straight AFC championship games, won a Super Bowl, lost another one when his whole offensive line. He had third stringers on, on his offensive line against the best defense in football. How how can you say... Like, to me, Mahomes' resume is already better than Marino's. So it's hard, for me to, it's hard for me to look at it and be like, he's not a top-five quarterback when he arguably has peaked the highest of any player. He, his prime, which has been his first five years, and who knows, he could have another prime and be even better than he just was. Uh, he could still have another prime. And the start of his career is already better than most people's primes. So it's hard for me to say mm-hmm. that he wouldn't if he wins the Super Bowl and plays well and plays well to me. I think I think the only line. way they do win is if he plays right. like really, really well. Right. Unless like, the Eagles offense just completely folds and they score like nine points, which, you know, it's not. And that, that's another thing. Impossible. Like, I, I think the I think the Eagles are going to win. But have we really seen like what Jalen Hurts is after the shoulder injury yet? I mean, he hasn't been tested at all. He hasn't really hasn't been tested. He just has it like I'm, 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 I don't, I'm confident. I'm not, I don't know. I'm confident. I think the Eagles will win. I think the, the, the team is just better, but I think there's a couple things there. It's like Jalen Hurts. What is it? I mean, is Chris Jones, I think, is going to be able to, you know, put him on his back a couple times. I, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. I don't know. I just want. I want. I want the Chiefs to try to test him and see how that arm is. Yeah, and they. Well, and, they I mean, and I'm not gonna. And the Eagles have had such um, success running the ball. I mean, they're gonna keep running it, but I want to see what Jalen Hurts does. Part of the reason that they, that Jalen Hurts hasn't been tested is because that offense is so good outside of Hurts. So to me, it's like, is the Chiefs' defense really gonna test that? I mean, look what they did to the. We're not gonna sit here and argue that the Niners have a better defensive line than the Chiefs, right? Like, they they just don't. They completely stifled. They completely stifled the the Niners D line. All they have, all the Chiefs have on the D line is Chris Jones. He's not. Lane Johnson hasn't given up a sack since like 2020. Like uh, it's hard for me to like. They're they're gonna double team him every snap. They're gonna get Kelsey and either Sam Milo or Dickerson on him every snap. And if they move Chris Jones out to the edge, uh, he's not Lane Johnson. I trust. Lane Johnson's a phenomenal player. Uh, would, you let, would, you let, 
Would you let Lane Johnson babysit your kids? You trust him that much? Um, uh, no, nah, because he's still an eagle, right? I mean, like, <laughs> can't, yeah, you can't trust an eagle. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, he's thing. he's an eagle. Better <laughs> trust an eagle. I trust him to protect Jalen Hurts, but I don't trust him to protect my children. But yeah, yeah I try to hike, guys, might try to tackle one of your kids. You guys Fumble. pretty much nailed that one. Um, Jalen Hurts. I mean. I think if the Chiefs like it or not, they're going to give Jalen Hurts the biggest test of his entire career just because they're in the Super Bowl. So the game's going to depend on if that defensive line or even if the Steve Spagnola defense can send some blitzes in to disrupt Jalen Hurts, which in the Super Bowl he's been extremely successful with the blitz, which he did with Tom Brady with the Giants. Shout out. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really hell out of game Tom Brady. He blitzed yeah. the hell out of Tom Brady in 07, man. They, they, so I'm never, I'm not going to say that the Eagles are going to f- just completely come out and destroy, but the the Chiefs definitely on defense. They can they can show some pressure on uh, Jalen Hurts. So I actually, I think the test for Jalen Hurts is going to be if the if the Kansas City offense is clicking, can he keep up? And I think it's very important who starts. The game with the ball, or or even who scores first. If the Chiefs score first, I think that kind of changes it a little bit. And if the Eagles score first, I think it's if you don't score right away, the Eagles are going to run the hell out of the ball. And I don't know that the Chiefs can stop that. I fully expect the Eagles to win this game. I fully expect them to win it convincingly. To be honest, um. I think they should. I think they should be the favorites. I think the fact that the Chiefs are honestly only or the Chiefs are one and a half point underdogs. I think that's too low, or uh, would it be low or high? I think they should probably be like four and a half point underdogs. To be honest, wow. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I really don't see unless like to me the only way I see the Chiefs winning is for them to have the best offensive season or offensive performance they've had all season. And are you, are, is that really going to happen against the Eagles defense? I don't know. I don't know that I trust that. But it's Patrick Mahomes, you have to remember. It this is, can be a career-defining game that it's cements Pat, it's Patrick that Mahomes. Vibe, like you were saying. It it's is, Patrick man. Mahomes, and it's, and it's Andy Reid and Patrick, Mah- Patrick Mahomes who have been here. This is their third appearance. They've been there, done that yeah. in the Super Bowl. You can't say that about Sirianni and Hurts. I mean, you can talk about how good the team is, but I mean, the fact that it's the Super Bowl, it's the game of all games, it's the biggest American sporting event. It's the biggest sporting event in North America. And so I think, I mean, <clears throat> all, you know, no, no crowd, no nothing. Like Eagles, I think, are a much better team. They should win the game. But circumstance matters, context matters. The only so, thing I, mean, I would argue is that the Eagles' core players of Lane Johnson, um, Travis, or not Travis, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, they have been there and done that. Yeah. And I think that's important. I agree. I agree. I think that's a little bit understated in this matchup. Yeah. And uh, another thing for the Eagles, I don't, Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio, he just signed to be the Dolphins defensive coordinator, but he's been working with the Eagles defense a lot. And to be honest, when I watch the Eagles defense, it's pretty much just Vic Fangio. It's, I mean, I know we I know Gannon's the coordinator, but like when I watch it, it's pretty heavily 
influenced by Vic Fangio and not in the way that it, like Ed Donatello in Minnesota was. Like it's literally Vic Fangio's defense to a T. So I don't know if he I don't know if he's been working with the Eagles. I don't know if his contract starts after the Super Bowl with the Dolphins or if he's been allowed to work with them. But I think that's a pretty underrated storyline because that defense I think is I think Fangio is important to that defense. So I don't I don't know who In conclusion, in conclusion, Vic Fangio plays every single position on defense. And I hope he has a great game. No, no. <laughs> I'm just I'm saying. Just I'm, just I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, he, no, I'm he's, yeah, he's, I think he's an underrated part of that team because he's been. Oh, no, yeah, 100%. Uh, he's 100%. been coordinating with them behind the scenes a little bit. And uh, I don't know if he's. Right, let's make I don't some, know when that contract kicks in. but Yeah, let's make some final score predictions and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. I think Cole has one more thing to talk about with the Giants. So let's. Uh, Cole, uh, Liam, what's your final score, predi- final score prediction for the game, big game on Sunday? This is a really tough one to uh, get the score for, um, but I really think the Eagles. I mean, they have to pull this one off. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with a score of thirty-five twenty-seven Eagles. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. I'll tell you, I'm gonna go thirty-four to twenty-seven Eagles, or excuse I'll me, go, 34, I'll... 34, 28 Is what I meant. I'll go. Um... I'll go three to two Chiefs. Harrison <laughs> Butker, it's a game winning 65. No, um, and we'll Brandon do... Graham gets a safety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, no, actually, two to one Chiefs. Um, <laughs> the Eagles get a one point safety. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I think this is a all honesty. If I had to put money on it, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was, I would say the Chiefs probably lose by a touchdown. I'll go 37 30. Okay. All right. So we all lock it all, in. We're all picking the Eagles. Lock. Lock it in. Yeah. And I, honestly, so honestly, man. for the citizens of Philadelphia that aren't, you know, maybe massive sports fans, I hope the Chiefs win because you might wake up the next day with a broken window, you know, a brick <laughs> flying through your window. Yeah, or you something. might have maybe your broken. mailbox. Maybe yeah. your mailbox got taken. Who knows? Might have also, to move out I don't, of for a couple of days. I don't know <laughs> if I'll ever root for a team more than I will the Chiefs this Sunday besides the Giants obviously because a big, I, I pray a big guy. this is this is the Eagles golden opportunity to win because I truly believe they're fucked after this year um not fucked but they're not gonna be this complete it's a huge question mark definitely they, they're a huge I think if they're not able to draft well which uh, honestly Howie Roseman's done an incredible job of drafting well but if they're not able to get the right pieces to kind of fill in the holes that this roster is going to have, they might be they might be screwed and not have a not have a chance this golden for a long time for a long time. I agree, I agree. But yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about a little bit about quarterback contracts. So, I think the Giants have a chance to change the game of football in a big way. As we know, mediocre contracts or average quarterbacks on contracts that take up more than 12.5% of the salary cap is basically purgatory in the NFL, right? You're kind of you're kind of screwed. We see this with, with the Cowboys and Dak. We see this with Minnesota and uh, Kirk Cousins, 
We saw this with Derek Carr and the Raiders. You're only able to do so much, and those quarterbacks aren't good enough to kind of make up for the fact that the team has so many holes. They're not able to, like Patrick Mahomes, you can pay that money because he can get you to a Super Bowl with as many holes as the Chiefs have on their team right now. You can pay Josh Allen that and go 14, or what did they go, 13 and 3, and, you know, they obviously didn't get to where they wanted to, but, you know, they're still a good team. But I think the Giants have a chance to change, and Daniel Jones too, because Daniel Jones could take a pay cut. But the Giants could also say, we are not paying you. We are not paying you more than $25 million. If you want more than $25, you buy. See ya. We don't have to pay you that. We don't have to pay you $35 million. We don't have to pay you $32 million. We can... You're replaceable. You're not an elite quarterback. You are a replaceable quarterback. We can draft somebody in the next couple of years. Because let's be honest, the Giants team now, they had a great season. But they're going to lose Barkley, who's a key part of their offense. They'd be stupid to bring him back, in my opinion, for what he's going to want as in, with money-wise. They have too many holes on the defense. They're just not in a great spot in terms of talent on their team. I really, truly think that they should let Daniel Jones go. I, I honestly think they should let Jones and Barkley walk, try to sign defensive players to good contracts, try to sign uh, you know, some solid offensive linemen. Maybe there's not really a top receiver on, in free agency right now, but draft a couple receivers, sign some mid-tier receivers. But if Daniel Jones is going to want more than what the franchise tag is, or even more than $30 million, why do we have to bring him back? Where has that gotten any other team? It's gotten them nowhere. <clears throat> so in my opinion, the Giants have a chance to be the first team to say, no, we are not going to pay you that. We're not going to pay a mediocre quarterback uh, on this. We're not going to pay him or put him on this big contract with a ton of guaranteed money. It, and again, it's all about the guaranteed money. So if they, if they come out and sign Daniel Jones to a three-year contract, and for a hundred million, but only you know forty-five of it's guaranteed. Then you know that's different. But if they come out there and sign Dylan Jones to a four-year contract for hundred twenty million and ninety of it's guaranteed, that's I'm just I, I'm really worried about the Giants' future at that point. I mean, um, I agree that there has to be a line of of a, a cutoff line for Jones because I think his peak is only so high, and you'd have to. I mean, you talk about you talk about drafting like, like it's a sign, like it's a guarantee that they're going to get these these great players in the draft. I, I I don't think it's quite the science that that you're describing it to be. I mean, no, I, I, I think no, no, hold, I don't, I don't think it is. But is Daniel Jones? There's a lot of quarterbacks like Daniel Jones, man. No, like, yeah, I, I, they, I can they get eventually behind, fall I, out because they sign these big deals and then no one wants to sign them again. Like Kirk Cousins after this contract, is someone going to sign him again? No, he's going to get. I mean, I can, he's not going to get yeah. nearly as much money as he as he was, right? I, I I can get behind the fact that you don't like want to sign a a kind of mid 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 level quarterback, and I think that's kind of what Daniel Jones is. I mean, you can can you can succeed with a, that kind of quarterback if you have a ton of weapons and a great defense, but I mean. 
I, I, I just think it's all about, I, I think you said it right. I think it's all about the money for Jones. I think over, all about, it's all about what's guaranteed. So yeah. if they're going to guarantee him 90 million, then I, I'm not, I'm really not on board with that move. But if they only guarantee, you know, a year and a half of the contract, then sure, you know, but I'm not a fan of these, of these deals that just well, I, put these well, I teams that, in cap hell. I know. I, I agree, but that's like, for whatever reason, and I, I don't get it, it's, it's kind of the direction the NFL has taken. I mean, Deshaun Watson, how long did he not, he didn't play for what, a year to, uh, I think it was just, he didn't play year. for, he didn't play for, he didn't play for a year. He came back, got a shitload of money and all of it was guaranteed. And I was like, what kind of fucking contract is that? I mean, these players are whacking up like guaranteed money used to be a foreign concept in the NFL because of how many, how much these players get fucking hurt. Like you can't guarantee this money. If this guy's going to fucking twist his ankle and like snap his ankle in the first game, like there's just too much risk and players, players and GMs kind of had this, you know, understanding that we're going to give you this contract, but this much is not going to be guaranteed because we simply, I mean, the risk we're taking you playing this game is, is, is equal to the the risk of the money we're not guaranteeing to you in the contract. So, I mean, I think, I think if, if somebody think signs sure. Daniel Jones, it's going to be for mostly guaranteed money. I mean, I, for whatever reason, that's kind of what I've seen around the NFL. Like they, they're handing out all this guaranteed money for, for, to just get the guy on the roster, which I don't really, right. I don't really which get that I'm at all. Saying, which is why I'm saying the Giants have, have a chance to kind of change the trend. To stop that trend, right? I mean, I get, I get it with Deshaun a little bit, as much as it looks like a, and it realistically it is, um, a bad contract. But Deshaun has played at an elite, borderline MVP level before. Like Jones, this is what Jones is. What we saw this year, that's what he is. He's a good quarterback. Good. You don't get anywhere with a good quarterback making thirty-five, forty million dollars. Unless you just draft like unbelievable, which is like so hard to do. Which again, yeah, no one does. Like it's an the rate of hit on draft picks is low to begin with. You're not gonna exactly at so, some point you, you have to draft and sign free agents well and have good contracts. I basically I pretty much agree with your saying what you're saying about Daniel Jones. He's not an elite quarterback. Um he is good, but he's not good enough to obviously carry like someone like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Like you said, but if you're the Giants, what do you do when you don't have either Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley on that offense? What do you what do you replace that with? Is it a Tyrod Taylor or do you go out and get Derek Carr? What is your what What are your thoughts on that? I think next year you go. It, well, it depends. So if Jones is willing to come back on a reasonable contract, then obviously you bring him back, right? But I'm but saying in your not, case, in your case, if he doesn't like. If you don't get Saquon, whatever. If you don't pay him or Daniel Jones, what do you, where do you go from there? So I think there's a couple options. I don't think you're in a position right now for the Giants to trade up because you have the 25th pick, right? So I don't really think you're in a position there to trade up to get a quarterback yeah. in the draft this year. But you can get a bridge guy like Jacoby Brissett or I, I, who's on the... Uh, maybe you do just... Stick Tyrod out there for a year, man. Maybe, maybe you do. Um, I don't think See, it's don't, the worst idea in the world. Like I think for a year it's fine because realistically, I don't think we're really contenders next year. If I'm honest, I don't. 
I don't think we should try to be even next we year. Keep Jones and get some targets for him. We got a lot of cap space. I feel like that's really all we need. I would I would save the cap space for next year. I wouldn't go crazy in free agency this year. Unless you can bring get, in like Lamar Jackson this year, which I doubt. I try to bring some sort of target for Daniel Jones if you're gonna pay him that money. Yeah, but aren't, Cole, aren't the fans tired of waiting? I mean that's yeah, you gave him a playoff you gave him a playoff berth this year. They're not oh, gonna yeah. wanna strip the strip the team and be like, Oh, we're gonna be mediocre as fuck next year in hopes that we get some stud in the draft. I don't think I don't think you strip the team. I think you draft Getting rid of Jones and Saquon. Yeah, starting starting Tyrod Taylor is waving the white flag of mediocrity. I mean, you're saying you're saying you don't want to get stuck in a battle of mediocrity. If you stick in Tyrod Taylor out there, Jacoby Jacoby Brissett. What even is that besides mediocrity? But but you're not signing them to a five year. You're signing them to a one year deal. They're going to be a quarterback next year. That's a year of being awful. That's a year of being terrible. Then you live with that. You ha- at some point you ha- you no. have to live with the reality that you can't be. I mean, a you, you just live, you just they just made a divisional round appearance, and they're just going to be an awful team next year because they don't want to pay. You just live. You just live through five years of absolute garbage. And I'm yeah, willing I mean, to take another. So you hire <laughs> you hire the right coach, the right. And I agree. Is Daniel Jones the quarterback of the future? Maybe not. And I think it, you'd have to get the the right weapons for him. And I, but I think. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. I think that's, that's, a, actual, that's a hard sell. That's how about you get him an actual me. wide receiver one here and actually the give him a receiver on the market this year is Juju Smith Schuster. That'd be a I huge upgrade, bro. Dude, even <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Let's make a tr- let's try to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Somebody. You need at least somebody who's worthy of a wide receiver one. Even Does Juju. DeAndre Hopkins make us a Super Bowl contender. I watch Darius Slayton run wide open down the field every week and Daniel Jones not throw the ball. Yeah, and I also see Darius Slayton dropping wide open touchdowns at least three times this whole season. And he's been yeah, doing it for also, three years. He's not a wide receiver one, and it's it's simple. But he's not good. Are, are you saying we're going to bring in Hopkins and we're going to be a Super Bowl team? No. No, but I'm. it's better than not signing Daniel Jones and being an awful team next year. Uh, what I'm saying is, if you keep this cap space for next offseason and you draft a quarterback next year and you put a team with all that cap space around a, a quarterback on a rookie deal who's clearly got talent, because he's you're, if you're if you're bad next year, then you win what uh, four games, three to three to six games. You get a top pick. You take a quarterback. You have all this cap space. You I'm have an sure. actual free agent class with good receivers in it. You sign okay, him. so what happens? This, what happens when that quarterback's a bust, and you risk, and you and you threw away a chance of being at least a, a contending for a playoff spot to yeah. being garbage for the next four years because oh, this quarterback, no matter how good he is in college, I don't give a fuck how good a player is in college. I want to see them perform at the NFL level. So I, I mean, you can, you know, like you can be like, oh, this guy looks so good at this at this school, but like when he gets, I mean, Zach Wilson. F- putting up fucking numbers at BYU. The guy fucking stinks. Yeah, but that's why Pat. But that's why you. Tr- that's why you use all that cap space to put a team around the young quarterback and try to support them. Because what what's we the other have, I don't put that cap space and get a star player now with Daniel Jones because there's the no playoff. one out there like that. It's the first he won a playoff game for the Giants for the first time in a decade since Eli Manning was on the team. I don't. I, I don't. I really. It's hard for me to get behind that because. If I if I'm putting a 32 year old DeAndre Hopkins on that team with a mediocre quarterback 
What are we going to win another playoff game than lose next year? It can be Juju Smith-Schuster. It can be. Let me. I can look up some free agents here or something. There's got to be somebody out there that you can get to for Daniel Jones to throw to here. The best free agent receivers are Juju Smith-Schuster and Alan Lazard. Even Alan Lazard, he's better than he's better than Darius Slayton. But are you, you going to overpay Lazard when you could wait a year and sign someone who's actually an elite receiver in free agency next year? You need Daniel Jones on that team because he led the Giants to the long, the farthest they've ever been since they won the Super Bowl in 2012. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say you need him on the team. I'm saying Cole's Cole's bank on finding a, a you know it's not a bank. A fran- a franchise quarterback in the draft is not a, that easy. I, I just two years two years down the line is not realistic for a team that just and made the playoffs and the fan base is starving for more. I mean, yeah. doesn't you matter. Have to look at it like this is the closest oh, we've been to success, and I think they need to keep him. That's what well, the let's Giants. Let's be honest. Are. Let's be honest about our success. Let's be honest here. We are still not a great team, and we are a lot of holes away. A lot of holes to fill. A lot of holes to fill. Not some. Our secondary's bad. Our linebackers are bad. Our O-line's bad. Our receivers are bad. Our tight ends are bad. We're going to lose our star running back. The only good thing on the Giants right now is is Dexter Lawrence and Brian Dable. All right, Cole, hear me out. Hear me out. You bring back both Saquon and Daniel Jones. You fire Dable, bring in Urban Meyer, and draft Victor Wambanyana. I kind of like it. I'm not tank for Victor. Yeah, <laughs> tank for Victor. Listen, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I just don't. It's easier for a quarterback. It's easier for a quarterback to come into the league on a rookie deal with a team that surrounds him with talent and not be a bust. Because let's be honest about Zach Wilson for a second. Let's be honest about Zach Wilson. He had he had talent. Garrett Wilson was talent. He had a star receiver. The guy yeah. couldn't fucking throw. The guy couldn't even do anything remotely. If the Jets had, if the Jets had a even a serviceable quarterback, if they had Jacoby Brissett, they'd probably be in the playoffs. That look, look at your quarterback, Mac Jones. What happened with Mac Jones? He had a great rookie year. He had a good team around him. Good offensive coordinator. Um, not great receivers, but he had an O line. He had structure. Right. The next year, the O line's shaky. The offensive coordinator leaves. What happens? He's not as good. A lot of quarterbacks that don't succeed is not all about them. It's a lot because well, of they have shit around them. Obviously. Um, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I think. My argument listen, listen. is. My argument is. Save the cap space now. Go into next season. Have one bad year. It's okay. It's okay to have one bad year. And then use your. The most cap space in the league. The next offseason. Sign all the good free agents draft a quarterback with your high pick and put a team around a young quarterback on a rookie deal. What good free agents are out in two years? That I mean, you're, just like, oh, you're just like, you're just like, all the free agents want to go to the Giants because they were so good yeah, last year with Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback. This is crazy. Uh, not all of them, but, but you guys are looking at this as it teams are only so limited in who they can sign. People are not going to have a ton of options. The the receivers in this free agent class, the best ones are not pushing the needle. They're not making that receiver. Let's be honest, bro. Come on, Al Lazard on the Giants. Are they are they winning? Are they beating the Eagles? No, they're losing. That's not it's it's not even about that. Would you want them to lose and just completely lose this season? Or bring back Daniel Jones? You got 
I'm I got the wide receivers here. You got Jacoby Myers, who's not awful. I mean, he had that terrible blunder against the Raiders. But what are we talking about though? What are we talking about though? Are we trying to be good? Or are we trying to win a Super Bowl? You gotta Cole, give Cole, in theory that's better than Darius Slayton on the field. I feel like Cole, you can't in, just let him walk. Cole, in theory, what you're saying makes sense, right? You don't want to settle for mediocrity. You want to find a quarterback and build a team around that quarterback that's going to win you a Super Bowl, right? That's 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 the goal of any franchise. But what you're saying is very very risky and could easily blow up in the Giants' face. Easily. What's the point? What's the point of just being ten and seven, nine and eight? Eight and nine, 11 and six every year, winning one playoff game and losing every year. What's the point? I'm I'm saying I'm not I'm not saying that's what you want to do. All right. But I mean, <laughs> they they drafted Daniel Jones. That was their pick. And I mean, so first of all, that was not their pick. This is a new front office, it's a new coach. It was not their pick. All right. Well, I'm saying. That that the Giants as a fran- as like a franchise, all right. I'm not saying the current administration that's in there, uh, but I'm saying like it's a hard sell for me to go out there next year with fucking Jacoby Brissett, go f- go foreign and, and fucking you know whatever. And the and just kind of gonna, the fans are not going to deal with that. They're not going to take that. Would I would if it means getting closer to a Super Bowl in the long run, I would take it. But how do you know that? What if they draft somebody because like we're saying Zach eventually, Wilson? What if they draft a so bum? What's it, what is the point of delaying the inevitable? With 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 Daniel Jones... How do we know that Daniel Jones won't do good if he never even had a target to throw to in the first place? Get him somebody because, to throw to first, and then we can see. We can work from there. No, At least franchise tag him this year. No, no, because here's, here's the difference, man. I... You can put Justin Jefferson on the field, Daniel Jones. If he doesn't throw the ball on those deep routes, he's. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. At least give him a year with. If he had Justin Jefferson, if you're saying that, at least give him a year to play. You don't even know what he plays like with a number one receiver. He's had no one his whole career. I, but I see. I watch. I watch the Giants games in detail. I, I, after the game, I rewatch them. I, I go to the film. But you and think? Them. I mean, he has bums, Cole. You think he's not going to throw to Justin Jefferson? <laughs> I mean, come on, I'm like, come on, I mean, yeah. We're not talking about Darius Slade. We're talking about if you're saying the best receiver in the NFL, Justin Jefferson, at least give him a shot. You're going to really let him walk. Do you know? Do you know why the Giants' offense wasn't as high scoring as it could have been this year? Because Daniel Jones refuses to throw the ball past twenty yards. <laughs> And they also had like the most second most drops in the league. I think they're at least top three. They, they, the limitations of the offense was palpable. Cole. You guys you are can't missing point the point on Daniel Jones. You guys are missing the point. If he's making those throws downfield and they're dropping them, then he's not attempting those throws. He he had thirty. There were he was thirty fourth in the league in in attempts over twenty plus air yards. That means backups who played. That means backups who played three games threw more passes over 20 plus air yards. And that's than why he doesn't have a receiver to throw to. He doesn't have anyone he to throw zero, to. He has zero confidence in the wide receivers. Why would, he, why would he throw a dangerous ass, a dangerous pass downfield to a receiver that he has no, no, confidence, no, 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 no confidence in catching when he can throw it to fucking no, Saquon on a check down I, and no, get seven I'm yards? I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. There were times Darius Slayton's running wide open down. I will sh- I will bring up plays. I will send you guys both pl- plays from the Vikings playoff game that they won. That Daniel Jones missed three wide 
open touchdowns. Then he tucked and run and got a first down. Woohoo! But he had Darius Slayton running wide open downfield. I'm sorry. If he's making that throw and he drops it, then it's not on Jones. But if you don't throw that ball, that's on you. That's on you. The this Giants, is the same Darius Slayton who dropped. The, well, I mean, they did win the game. Anyway. Matter, okay? It doesn't matter. How does it not matter? Because if you're not attempting, it doesn't matter if they drop it or not. It's about making those throws, and Daniel Jones won't even attempt them. It's not about if the guy's going to catch it or not. It's not about that. I, I'm, I'm talking about evaluating a player. I'm not talking about, like, we're talking about evaluating a player here. Daniel Jones is not the guy that's going to be an aggressive downfield passer. I'm sorry, but there's no reason why he should be 34th, 34th in the league in passes of 20-plus air yards. Over, he's under guy. He's under Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush started four games. And who was Cooper Rush throwing to? CD Lamb. He's not attempting the throws. How does that not matter? I don't understand. Because we're not talking about. It obviously matters who they're throwing the ball to twenty plus yards. Yeah, but he's not. It's not about the hit rate on them. It's about he's not even throwing them. He won't even throw the ball. Yeah, because he has no skill in the receiver position, and Dable knows it. That They're probably assigning plays that aren't even thinking that the primary receiver is going 20-plus yards. No, that no, I'm sorry. That's just a lot of their stuff is underneath easy routes for Daniel Jones to hit, and there's a reason for it, man. Exactly. Daniel Jones is not the passer. That's you guys why he's not do. throwing 20-plus yards. They're I'm not, say, I'm not saying out. he's an elite passer. I'm saying Dable designed – the offense to to the limitations of the receivers and Daniel yes. Jones. That's the whole yes, playbook. Darius Slayton as a receiver is a deep threat receiver. Whether he drops intermediate passes sometimes. I'm not saying he's great hands, but guess who else doesn't have great hands? Gabe Davis doesn't have great hands. Guess who else? A lot of receivers don't have great hands. Jalen Waddle doesn't have great hands. As good as Jalen Waddle is, he drops the ball a lot. DK Metcalf drops the ball a lot. Geno Smith is airing the ball out to DK Metcalf. Geno Smith is or Tua is airing the ball out to Jalen Waddle. Right. So if the if I'm the Giants GM and I want him to throw that ball deep, I'm getting him somebody to throw the ball deep to, not Darius Slayton. And then you can change the playbook all you want when you get that star player. But it doesn't matter who's running wide open down the field if you don't throw it. I it mean, be Hopkins, if you don't throw it, you don't throw it. You got to give him a chance to get that number I mean, one guy I mean, to throw the ball to. Yeah. Let's be honest, guys. It's not about it. This isn't a relevant conversation because you could getting a number one receiver helps your offense, but it, it doesn't actually make you a physically better quarterback than you are. We know but what Daniel Dable, Dable can change the I mean, play because they got that guy. But Dable, Dable ran deep plays. There were multiple times where Dable schemed up wide open touchdowns against the Vikings, and Daniel just had to tuck and run. I mean, it, we're not talking like D- Dable never dialed up any deep plays. No, Daniel Jones doesn't throw them. He he goes his average. And he's not his down average there because he doesn't have a skilled enough guy. He's not looking down there because he does not have a skilled enough guy to catch it. That is that is beyond ridiculous to me, man. That is beyond ridiculous. To That's me, man. why These he's are, running it. No, he even his average depth of target is like three yards. That's like thirty eighth in the league. He, he takes the check down. That's the playbook. He's open throws down. And then we can judge him. No, that's not how this works, dude. He has, if you have players open, you throw the ball. It doesn't matter if they're 20 yards away, 5 yards away, 75 yards away. If they're open, you I let understand. it rip. I get what you're saying. 
to me, it doesn't matter if it's Slayton running wide open down the field or DeAndre Hopkins running wide open down the field. If he doesn't throw the ball, he doesn't throw the ball. I don't care if he has more trust in Hopkins. If if Slayton's wide open down the field, you make the throw. That's the right read. If he makes a throw and Slayton drops it, then it is what it is. But there's a yeah. reason why the Giants' offense wasn't high scoring. In the red zone, they had the, like, I think it was the eighth most efficient offense in the red zone. But because Jones doesn't push the ball downfield, they only were in the red zone. They were in the red zone on, like, the 25th most amount of times in the league. That's They're good when they get there. They're good at the short passing game. They're they're good at the underneath routes, and they're good with Saquon. And hitting it's not the a, that's not a good enough reason for you to throw away the whole this whole team we got right now for a mediocre, what well, a terrible year. If you're saying that you got? want Tyron Taylor or Brissett starting for next season, I just but feel like we got not, not good enough. But what team do we got? What do you mean? What team do we got? We got Daniel Jones in find another star to, for him to throw to. But we're not, dude, we're not going to act like bringing in Juju Smith-Schuster does anything for the offense. It does nothing. I'm sorry. It just does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. All right, so just keep the cycle going and draft another QB and see if it works. But what's what's the All other right, Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Dable goes in at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> no, but I'm... I'm <laughs> Cole... Cole... <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm being... Like... Why why delay why delay what's going to happen anyway? What's going to happen anyway? They're eventually I mean, going to yeah, move I'll on from Jones. I'll call, call I want to wrap it up but I mean you sound very very confident about like stuff that like if you get him like I agree with LT I think you have to you got to keep what you already the, got. They got listen, listen listen there's a price for Daniel Jones and I think if he wants too much I'd let him walk. He's not that good of a quarterback to to make me overpay for him. I agree with that point. But to yeah, I agree to, with I mean, that. You point. have you have a successful you had a successful season. You want to build on that successful season. You don't want to take a step. It's not one step forward, two steps back. It's one step forward. Hopefully, you keep stepping forward. And maybe they don't. Maybe this. So it's maybe this team. Forward. It's one step forward to not move any farther forward. How would they not move any farther forward if they, got, if, they didn't, if they got a number one receiver? We're gonna spend, so this is what you guys want. You want to spend half our cap. We have the third most cap in the league, but that's without signing Jones. So we take up half that cap to sign Jones. Then we spend a third of that to sign Juju Smith-Schuster. And then what? We still have holes at linebacker, holes in the secondary, holes on our D-line, holes on our O-line. Then we have to draft perfect. Then we have to sign free agents perfectly. So either way, you have to draft well and sign free agents well. So you might as well do that with a quarterback on a rookie contract than do it with a mediocre contract where you can't even put a good enough team around him to win more than one playoff game a year, if that. All right. There you have it. Let's be honest, man. There it is. There it is. Let's just be, I just want to be honest for a second here. I don't want to win. I don't want to go to the playoffs every year and lose for the next five years. But you're not guaranteed to be good once you tank and get all these draft picks. You're not guaranteed to be good running it back next year. Honestly, I'd, I'd argue. I, that I, he, I like the chances of that more than just tanking. I don't because what I saw is a team that started off the year well and then finished three, six, and one. Beat, beat a Vikings team that. Pro- so let's get Daniel Jones weapons to improve. It's that easy to me. But I don't see the I don't see the path to giving him weapons to improve, man. I, I really don't. And I don't think he improves because of weapons. I I don't. 
All right, that'll be it because I have to edit this and then go to sleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the conversation that we just had, the podcast that we just did. Um, so we'll be back, I guess, after the Super Bowl. Um, talk more basketball. Talk about the NFL draft. Plug in the uh, Twitter. Anything else that's on our minds? Uh, what's the Twitter again? Twitter oh, is wow. I forget our Twitter now. Hold Even on. Even PC I'm, pod. I'm, I'm right. unprofessional right now. Keeping it, yeah. Keeping keepin a PC pod. There we go. There we go. There you go. <laughs> go follow. Go follow the Twitter. Um. So um, enjoy this. Oh, by the way, Cole Cam Thomas is averaging four to three points over the last three games. So they did just lose. I think he had Ain't 30, shit funny. Though. Ain't shit funny. Ain't shit funny. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time.